0: Everyone, it's AK. So I feel like I'm now doing a daily briefing. I was listening to our governor and I thought, you know, he's doing a really good job. He didn't have any candy or any cookies to pass out, you know, and I was thinking, well, I don't have to do an update today. And then he talked about the crystal ball again. Here's what he said because I hadn't planned on talking about it, I just scribbled on post it notes. So he said, quote, I do have a crystal ball, but it doesn't work. Really, Holcomb? And of course, he kind of smirked about it like it was funny and it's not. So that's what made me think, okay, well, let's see what else he's going to say, because if he's going to say that it's going to go downhill from here. And it did. So let me see. I have post-it notes. Um, One. Oh, one thing. Oh, my gosh. This made me so mad. He mansplained this woman. You know how I said they have reporters that call in and ask questions, right? So the woman's question was basically along the lines of, you know, governor, uh, when is the state economy going to open back up, you know, get to normal? The the people are wondering, they're asking me questions about it. Can you give me an answer? This man, he told her that the economy is open, that it's not closed. We have a uh, construction available retail available um, different kinds of factory work available so the economy isn't closed and it will occur in stages and I was just looking at the screen like are you serious right now did the woman say the economy was completely closed she said when is it all going to open back up when is it going to open back up and he just totally took over the, uh, well, you know, the question, and was just kinda like, well, you know, it's not closed. We have stuff open. Like, really? Like, she didn't know that? I mean, we all know that retail is available. That's how we can go, that's how we can go to Walmart and get groceries. We know uh, fast food is available. That's how we can go to McDonald's, and get a sandwich. So I was a little offended watching that, because I, and I'm thinking, okay, usually you seem to talk around questions and not answer them, but this question, you decide to go ahead and mansplain this woman. All he had to say was the economy will open back up in stages. He didn't have to say the obvious. We all know that the economy is not completely shut down. If it was, we would be able to do anything. We would be able to do anything, nothing at all. So that was just a stupid reply. And so, of course, that got me scribbling even more on post-it notes. So one thing uh, a person asked is about Vice President Pence. If you're not from Indiana and you don't know, um, Mike Pence was the governor of Indiana. Uh, When Trump won the Republican nomination, he selected Mike Pence for his VP, which was a really good choice because, you know, Trump isn't a politician, doesn't really know what's going on, doesn't have like political history or anything, but Pence does. Pence has been a politician for 20 plus years and he is hardcore conservative he had Indiana in the news for stupid stuff. Like if you remember, we were actually trending on Facebook about that religious freedom law that was basically saying, you know, if you don't agree with gay people, you don't have to serve them. And you can say it's based on religious freedom and, and just random crap like that. So that was, that's Mike Pence, a good choice for uh, Trump for VP. Um, and so the question was basically, you know, hey, Governor Holcomb, Because, you know, Pence was the governor of Indiana. Do we have or, you know, do you have any type of, you know, connection or, you know, just kind of asking them about, do they have any perks or, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, this guy was the governor of the state, so he's going to pay more attention to us type of thing. And of course, his answer was so stupid. The answer could have been a yes. He was basically like, oh, no, you know, I don't think so. And he's like, but Mike Pence says how he's from Indiana. And then he's like, "Well, and you, and you know, a lot of stuff that that I send doesn't remain on his on his desk for long. Well, isn't that kind of a yes to the question? And the thing is, it's okay to say yes. Most people would expect that. Most people would expect that if you are a VP or you or you have a higher position from where you were, you're going to pay attention and, and you know, kind of take care a little bit more of the people that you represented, and that's fine. Like for instance, Trump is from New York." He is hardcore focused on New York. That's where he's from. And he's talked about different hospitals and stuff like that. And that's okay because that's where he's from. So for Holcomb to answer it like that, it was stupid. And I'm just kind of like, okay, I wonder if he goes back and, and watches these briefings to see some of the stuff he says. He probably doesn't. But that was a question that I was like, really? You could have just said yes. You didn't have to say no and then give all these reasons of how it would be yes. Um, so talking about Mike Pence, I don't know if I've discussed this before, but when Mike Pence was selected for the VP um, nomination, uh, Governor Holcomb was basically thrown into the governorship. He was lieutenant governor. And this is kind of why I think that Holcomb is doing a crappy job to some extent. And he's not like into it, so to speak, because he never wanted to be governor. Like most lieutenant governors do not want to be governor. That's why they're okay with being second in command. So for instance, when Pence was taken away, there was an election and well, obviously the election. uh, And there was a a Democrat that ran against uh, Holcomb because again, the Republicans are scrambling like, who are we going to have run for governor? Well, you know, Eric Holcomb is a lieutenant governor. Might as well put him up there. And it was hilarious because he waited until the last minute to call the race. And I think that I don't I don't want to spread fake news, but my computer's not up in front of me. But I think the election was like at least 20 percent. Like there was no way the Democrat was going to win. So I'm like, did he not want to be governor that bad that he like waited literally to the last minute? And so I feel like that has a lot to do with his leadership and his ideology and his his thought processes behind this because he didn't he never wanted to do it in the first place and I feel like even if you didn't want to do it which we all know you didn't fake it till you make it because you are representing over six million people you are the leader of our state we look to you for guidance for leadership you know that's your role for the state so it's like even if you don't want to do it at least put on that front for the people of Indiana. So they can say, hey, you know, let's look to Governor Holcomb, see what he says, see what he's doing, how he, you know, answers stuff, how does he address stuff, that type of thing. And people would feel better about it rather than you having a crystal ball on the table making snarky comments, you know, at least pretend like you you want to be in the office you're in. So that's one of the issues that I have with him. and I know other people have with him too. I've spoken with other people. You know, it's kind of like a, an unspoken uh, secret, I guess, that most people know that he didn't want to do this, but because it was scrambled, like the last minute, the Republicans didn't have, you know, the opportunity to get another candidate. But not only that, usually it's the, it's the Lieutenant governor anyway, that would take over, like with the president, something happens to the president, the VP takes over and takes over those duties. So it's kind of like the Lieutenant governor took over the governor's duties. So then when it was time for the election, the Lieutenant governor is the one on the ballot. So again, I feel like because he didn't want this position, he's not doing, he's not leading to the best of his ability. I think he could be a great leader. I think it's totally possible in him. Most people have that quality in themselves that they have the potential to be a great leader. It's a matter of, do they want to do it and how bad they want to do it? You know, are they interested in doing it? They're going to go for it. So I feel like for him, he's just kind of like, you know, I'm just governor of Indiana because, you know, I kind of got forced into this because Trump took Pence away and kind of left me here and I'm trying to do this, this and this. So, and with the whole response to this coronavirus situation, I'm pretty sure that he's not going to win. Because there are people that are like diehard Republicans that are like, I'm going to vote for anybody that's running against Holcomb, even if they're a Democrat. So I feel like I'm pretty sure at this point, most people are probably to the point that they are just like so over him that they're not even going to be concerned about voting for him. And I also think to some extent, I wonder if he's doing that on purpose. Because if he does a crappy job and puts off this front of just arrogance that people won't vote for him, so he doesn't want to be governor, right? So when he like sabotage himself, so he wouldn't be governor, do a crappy job in response to this coronavirus situation. So people won't vote for him and he's no longer governor, which is what he wants in the first place. Uh, but the thing is, I mean, he doesn't have to run again. I mean, you don't have to, you know, continue to be the governor. But of course, it's expected of it's expected of him. And also, I don't think the Republicans have um, vetted or looked at other people to take his place, because, again, you know, you kind of expect the governor to, you know, get reelected. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Our primaries were pushed back from uh, was it May 5th, May 2nd? On May 2nd, it's Friday. So it'd be May 5th. Is that Tuesday? I, I'm really bad with numbers and dates. Let's say it was Tuesday. Well, I know it's on a Tuesday. So our primaries are pushed back from then till I think June 2nd. So June from now to June 2nd, this will also probably determine how uh, Hoosiers feel about Holcomb's leadership. So, I mean, we'll we'll see how this works out. I just, I'm just really just over this guy. I really am and it's just so frustrating because there are a lot of people who don't have any idea of how politics works you know how the healthcare system works how viruses work. like people don't know like they have no idea about this these issues some people were saying how you know they never got into politics they never cared but but now this coronavirus situation is happening and they're trying to you know understand all this stuff you know quick fast and in a hurry and then you have people like Holcomb who aren't providing people with what they need to be able to successfully analyze the situations. Now, he does do a good job. Well, I shouldn't say him. It's not him. It's the doctors. The doctors do a good job of presenting data and analyzing the data and expressing it and breaking it down for the people, which is fantastic. Like today, the, um, the main doctor that we have, her name is Dr. Chris Box apparently she's dealing with a non-COVID family emergency. He keeps emphasizing non-COVID. So there's another doctor in her place, but this doctor, you know, did the same thing that she does, uh, pulled up the data, went through the charts, the number of cases, positives, um, how many people have been tested, you know, the number of ICU bet, just really went through the data. Just, you know, and I thought that was, that's a good thing. People need and want to hear that. Even though it's negative and, you know, we don't want to hear about all these people dying. It's something that, you know, we can say, hey, our state is giving us this information. And I appreciate them giving this information to us. So that's something that I do like about the doctors. So let's see. Oh, speaking of doctors, so let me, what else did I write on here? This little post it note. Oh, so one of the questions, now this is shady because people have been saying this for some time, especially conspiracy theorists. The question was asking about, um, There was a death in one of the counties that the state of Indiana said it was COVID uh, related, but it wasn't. The county said that it wasn't COVID related. And, you know, how can they explain that? And the doctor said what people are already saying and thinking. She said that COVID-19 can be part of death reporting, even if it's not the cause. What? You heard me, right? COVID-19 reporting could be a, on the death certificate even if it's not the cause of death. Her rationalization for that was it could be a factor in death. So like she gave an example of COPD. So if you die from that, but it was it was caused by, you know, the COVID symptoms and shortness of breath, then it would be on there. I, I don't know. I think she meant in addition to But that's what people are saying that, you know, the states aren't being honest with their data. They're saying that people are dying from coronavirus when they're really not. They're dying from something else. So maybe I interpreted her wrong, but I just kind of got the idea that she was saying, even if you don't die directly from coronavirus, the complications will be part of the cause of death. So I guess it would be like you died from COPD by way of of COVID-19. I I hope that's what she meant, but I, I just kind of thought, you know, so you mean to tell me that you're like, how do you determine that then? Because there are some people that maybe they didn't know that they had some type of pre-existing condition. Now, you know, if you have COPD, you know, you can't breathe, but I'm like, well, what if they didn't know that? So it's like, did they die from that condition or they die from the coronavirus? So I I mean, I think, I wonder how Dr. Box would have answered that question, to be honest. I think that her answer probably would have made more sense. And it probably would have, she doesn't really beat around the bush. She kind of tells it like it is. So I I really wish that she was there to answer that question because she would have given us like, you know, like a legit answer that wasn't confusing because now the journalists and everybody that heard that, that question know, the media, they're probably going to, you know, just have a field day with that. And I I mean, again, that's kind of how I interpreted the the, uh, answer to the question. So I can only imagine how the media and, you know, the journalists feel about that. I I mean, like I said, I I don't know, but I do hope maybe that Dr. Box will see the controversy and, you know, speak up about it. But also, I'm not sure how long her family emergency is going to last because like, say for instance, she comes back tomorrow because it has briefings every day at 2.30. If she comes back tomorrow, I'm pretty sure... One of the journalists is going to say, hey, Dr. Box, in your absence, we asked this question about COVID-19 being reported as a cause of death, even though it's not a direct cause. Can you further explain that? Can you clear that clear that up for us? And she'll probably have a look on her face like, really? That happened? Okay, let me, let me do some damage control right now. So I'm hoping that she comes back because that's a question that people probably really want answered because again the, uh, answer that her, her name is Lindsay Weaver. So Dr. Lindsay Weaver, the answer she gave was not, it was not a comforting answer. It, it didn't, it, it made it worse basically. So again, I hope Dr. Box can clear that up for us. Um, okay. So let's see. I talked about the mansplaining, uh, Pence, uh, COVID-19. Oh, so another thing. So this has nothing to do with Holcomb, but. I have, uh, I had Fox news on kind of in the background and I was looking at, it was breaking news about, um, Trump addressing, uh, small business owners in the East room in the white house. I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, I'm kind of listening to him talk. And then the camera moved and Ivanka is standing, uh, next to him. Well, not directly next to him, but she's standing over there just smiling. And I'm like, huh? And so I was trying to multitask, you know, listen to both things. And so I'm kind of looking and I have, um, I watch TV with the, uh, the captions on. Don't judge me until I watch TV because I can't always hear it. If I'm doing something like trying to listen to two things that I can't always hear it, but I can watch it at the, at the bottom of the screen. So that's what I was doing. And then she came up there to the podium and she basically like thanked the small business owners and she had them come up and and spoke and all this kind of stuff and i was thinking you know trump is held to a completely different standard to be honest i personally don't care that ivanka and jared are a part of the administration i really don't care at all you know i mean ivanka is a businesswoman you know she basically i think she had like a fashion line or you know clothing or shoes or whatever And she does take care of, you know, the Trump organization properties and whatnot. So she is a businesswoman, you know, because I guess her daddy, you know, taught her well type of thing. So she knows what she's doing in that sense. And I kind of feel like, you know, I don't really care that she's part of the administration. You know, that's his kid. She has whatever skills he thinks she needs, you know, X, Y, and Z. And of course, you know, he kind of put her in, in more roles than she should be. I think at one point she went with him to the... It was one of the summits. I don't know if it was D7. It was one of them, but she went with him. I'm like, okay, really? But I was just kind of sitting there thinking, could you imagine the backlash if Hillary Clinton had won and she had Chelsea and Mark part of her administration? Could you imagine the media and the country flipping out? talking about nepotism and all this kind of stuff. And see, we told you she's crooked Hillary and she's shady and blah, blah, blah. Could you imagine that? I'm just sitting here watching this. Like, imagine if that was Hillary Clinton and that was Chelsea standing next to her. And I'm like, so that's the thing. I don't understand. Like, it's okay for him to do it, but I'm telling you, and you know, it's true that people would have freaked out if Hillary Clinton had done it or even Obama. If Sasha and Malia were old enough to do that kind of stuff, they would have freaked out too. So I'm like, how can Trump get away with it? You know, and then, bef- well, <laughs> the Bush twins, that, they're a whole different type of story. So they would have never been a part of that. But so it's like, how do you give him a pass regarding, you know, putting his family and his family, they're not like kind of just, you know, in the White House, ch- just kind of like, you know, just kind of checking things out behind the scenes, like they're part of like the immediate administration, you know, like advisors, like to the president. And I'm just kind of thinking, you know, so the next president we have after Trump, because I'm pretty sure he's going to win another four years. So the next president we have, have after him, um, Democrat or Republican, are they going to experience backlash when they put in their son, daughter, other relatives in positions of authority in their White House administration? And if they are, you know, it doesn't make sense because Trump kind of set the standard for that. Now, I know in the past people have done it like it was, um, I'm trying to think one of the presidents where, uh, he wasn't married. So his sister kind of took on the first lady role type of thing. It was, you know, back in the 1800s. So, so it hasn't always been, you know, your, your wife, like your spouse, but that's a different situation, you know, not being married and having, having somebody take the role in the white house, but he's married. He has all the stuff he needs. He doesn't need his, his kids In the White House, and I know Trump Jr. is involved too. I'm not sure if he's in the White House per se, but I do see him on the news and he's kind of talking about the presidency and talking about how great his dad is and all this kind of stuff. So I'm not sure if he's directly involved in the cabinet. I'm not really sure about that, but he is, you know, involved in the sense of he's out there talking about it. So I'm just kind of thinking, you know, Trump is setting them set the modern day standard of having, you know, immediate family members as part of your administration so from now on if any other president decides to have their son daughter cousin brother sister a part of their immediate circle you cannot of course people do it anyway but you cannot say that it's hypocritical or nepotism or they shouldn't do it and this this and this because Trump will have done it for eight years and nobody cared enough for him to you know take them away or make them resign or whatever to, to influence a situation to where they're no longer a part of it. Nobody did anything to that point. So it's again, so from here on out, if somebody wants to do that, shut up because you didn't care when the Trump administration did it. So you shouldn't care when anybody else does it. But again, I know that it's going to happen. And I don't know why, I don't know why he gets a pass for stuff like that. Is it because like, you know, he's, he's, famous reality tv you know real estate business billionaire man i don't know why he gets gets away with that kind of stuff because even before you know the whole 2016 running for president stuff most people knew who trump was you know knew about his hotels his property his life his tv shows the miss america pageants you know people knew about him knew he was knew he was about his money that type of thing rappers were making songs about him you know trying to get their donald trump money you know, so he, he wasn't like a no-name, like everybody knew who he was. He was a celebrity. So it's kind of like, is he getting a pass for that kind of stuff because, he's, because he is a celebrity? But even if that's the case, like that's, st- that's even worse. That's still not right. You know, he shouldn't be treated as a celebrity. He should be treated as the president of the United States. And I remember at one point, a lot of stuff he criticized Obama for doing, he did. You know, like for instance, one of the things he criticized Obama about was uh, his cabinet members uh, changing, you know, not having a secretary of transportation for all eight years or or whatever, you know, a cabinet position. But Trump has had so many people in his cabinet, it is ridiculous. And then you have people that are acting secretaries because they haven't been confirmed or there isn't a new person. They're just like, you know, second in command. Now they're thrown into being first in command, and I kind of think. He realized it's harder. It's easier said than done. It's easy to criticize somebody until you're actually in their shoes. And he's probably like, oh man, you know, I criticized Obama for this. You know, wow, I I get it now. I mean, he's probably not thinking that. He's probably thinking he's justified and Obama still messed up doing that. And one of the things that he talked about Obama was him having celebrities at the White House and I think he had like Jay-Z and Beyonce and that type of stuff. And I know that, you know, people, you know, Trump included, were saying stuff about that. And I'm like, you know, as president of the United States of America, you have a lot of influence, a lot of power. If you want to have Jay-Z and Beyonce at the White House, go for it. You know, I don't care. But he had Kim Kardashian West and Kanye West come to the White House and basically help him, give him guidance on passing the First Step Act. So you're mad at Obama for having... Jay-Z and Beyonce and other celebrities at the White House, but you have celebrities literally influence your policy. Now, again, I don't care. I don't care that Kim Kardashian West and Kanye West did that. I do not care, but I just feel like it's hypocritical for you to criticize someone for doing something that you end up doing. But at the time, he might have seen it in a different light than he did, you know, being in the White House, you know, and it's probably, you know, hey, I could get influence from celebrities because they're famous people know who they are they can give me you know help and ideology of you know what are people thinking what do people care about like it's not a bad thing to have to have that you know kind of influence from people outside you know your administration that's not a bad thing the bad thing is of course when it's hypocrisy that's the bad part of it so I mean I don't I'm not really sure how I how I feel about that but I just know the whole Ivanka, I just, I was just sitting there just looking at her. I mean, I just was like, the first thing that came to mind was, could you imagine if Hillary Clinton was standing there right now and Chelsea was standing up there and went to the podium and spoke to small business owners and thanked them and had them come up and talk? Like, really? I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. Or or never mind that. Imagine the fact if Hillary Clinton had become president even if she had lost over 3 million popular votes. Could you imagine that? And that's the thing. It's, it's like, so, it's so hypocritical that because the country hated Hillary so much that they didn't care that this stuff happened. Hillary won the popular vote by more than 3 million votes. How in the world do you not become president when you win the popular vote by that much? Now, I understand how it works. You have popular and you have the Electoral College. I understand how that works. But could you imagine if it was the other way around? If Trump had won by three million more votes and Hillary had become president? Could you imagine that? But it was like, oh, you know, Hillary lost, you know, just accept it. you know, blah, blah, blah. But no. And, and the thing is, with the with the voting, it's supposed to be, you know, the founding fathers set up a Republican form of government. So you vote for people who vote for you because the common people were too stupid, didn't understand politics, didn't know what was going on. So they voted for people who in turn voted for them. So if you go and you vote for Donald Trump, you're not voting for Donald Trump, you're voting somebody who will vote for Donald Trump for you, so a delegate. So obviously what happened in this situation is a lot of people voted for Trump whose people voted for Hillary. That's the only way to explain it. So whether they were paid off or or whatever it is, You know, you're supposed to. I think there's some states that if you don't do that, you get fined, which would make sense. You know, you're going against the people's wishes, which is crazy. But obviously that's what happened in this sense, because there is no freaking way that you win by three million votes and you lose the electoral college. Like, how is that even possible? But again, and, you know, people are talking about abolishing the electoral college and all this kind of stuff, you know, and and one thing people were talking about how Hillary you know, didn't say anything and didn't try to, you know, get out and say stuff. Could you imagine if she'd got out and try to say stuff about that? Like Hillary knew when to just let it go. Like she's like, look, I know that I won this election. This is shady AF, but I'm not going to do anything because it's going to be even more of a backlash on me. I'm just going to sit down and chill out, you know, and it is what it is type of thing. So because I remember the last time this happened, the popular vote, the electoral vote, was Bush and Gore in 2000. And I think the vote, the popular vote was, um, I'm not trying to spread, spread fake news, but I think it was under 500,000 or something like that. It was, it was really close. It was not 3 million. So it was, it was close like that. And then of course, part of the issue was Florida, uh, If you remember Weird Al Yankovic, his song was Who Wants a Recount? And it was a parody of the Baja men who let the dogs out because Florida was shady because Jeb Bush, uh, George Bush's brother was the governor of Florida at the time and the Florida election, the ballot situation ended up getting messed up somehow. And so that's what contributed to the uh, situation. So the Supreme Court was basically like, you know what, we're not going to do a recount. We're going to go ahead and just, you know, give it to Bush, you know, boom, you're president. So with that, of course, it was a controversy with that as well. But it wasn't to the point where it was three million votes in question. Like, that's a lot of votes, you know. And so it was kind of like, OK, well, he didn't win the popular vote, but, you know, it, it wasn't that far off. You know, we're not going to try to fight it. Just go ahead and, you know, you know, have him just go go for it. Sorry, Al Gore, better luck next time. You know, that type of thing. So I'm just like three million votes. But again, the thing is, because the people well apparently the people hated, hated Trump more than Hillary since they voted for her three million plus that the people hated her so much that they didn't care. They didn't care that this stuff was happening against her. That was not right. You know, and then Bernie Sanders and his foolish self, it made me so mad. Like, okay, I'm going to talk to you about Bernie Sanders right now. Bernie Sanders is a hypocrite. Um, I was a high school teacher and I would talk to my kids. One of the things we talked about is politics. And I would talk to them about politics and we would talk about the different um, candidates running for president. And most of the young people, the Bernie bros, like they're, they're uh, fans of Bernie Sanders. Kind of weird, but whatever. And they said that their reasonings were because of, you know, free college, legalizing marijuana, you know, how he uh, steps up and speaks out against the establishment and, you know, he's just himself and he says what he means, means what he says and doesn't, you know, kind of, uh, confine himself, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then I drop a bomb on him and I say, Bernie Sanders has been a registered independent since the 1970s. When did Bernie Sanders become a Democrat? When he ran for president. I said that right there is enough to question him because if he really believed what he said wouldn't he have run as an independent? Now we all know he had no chance of being president as an independent, but you can't sit there and preach your values and what you believe if you conform to the establishment. And the kids were like, what? I'm like, Google it, look it up. And so of course they're looking at the stories and they're like, well, that kind of makes me think about him different now, you know, I I still like him or whatever, but I'm kind of looking at him crazy, looking at him sideways, like, what do you mean? And so then with him and Hillary, He had the nerve to say that the Democratic Party was biased and and they chose Hillary over him and this, this, and this. Bernie, bro, Hillary Clinton has been a registered Democrat since the 1970s. So when the election was coming up, who do you think the Democratic Party was grooming for the nomination? A person who's been basically a lifelong Democrat. So you have this random independent joining the party to run for president coming in, Of course, everything is going to go for Hillary because who are you? Nobody cares about you. And who are you? How dare you come into our party that you know somebody's been a part of for 30 plus years and and try to claim favoritism? Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. It would have been different if Bernie was a Democrat, then I could see, you know, hey, we're both Democrats, why are you choosing Hillary over me? But no. And so, of course, you know, the Bernie bros were mad about that. Oh, they, they chose Hillary and da da da, Bernie should have got it. So, again, I would tell my students, you know, this is what happened, this is how it is. And they're like, well, why is he doing that? Because so, he can, because he can, because young people support him and young people don't generally know how this works. Young people think of it the same way. Oh, Hillary stole the nomination from Bernie. They, they favored Hillary and he didn't have a fair chance. Well, no, he didn't have a fair chance. He wasn't a freaking Democrat. And then I said, after he lost the nomination, what did he do? He went back to being an independent. When he decided to run for president for 2020, what did he do? Registered as a Democrat again. So that right there is enough to say, I'm not going to vote for him. He can't stop flip-flopping on his political affiliation. Like just the political affiliation itself, he can't stop flip-flopping on that. And I'm just like, really? And, you know, so of course with the whole the whole uh, Joe Biden situation, you know, I don't know if he's saying about Biden having favoritism because of Obama or because Biden's been a Democrat for, you know, a long time. I'm not really sure what he said about that. But my thing is, look, if you really believe what you say, you have to do it. Based on your own principles, he knows he did not stand a chance to be president as an independent, but that doesn't matter. What should matter is I'm standing by my beliefs. This is what I believe. So instead of him standing by his own principles and own beliefs, he became a part of the establishment. And I just, to this day, I still can't understand that. I kind of want to have a conversation with him like, Bernie, explain this to me you know, this makes no sense. And also people were talking about him being a millionaire and having like a private jet or whatever. I'm like, well, again, you know, hypocritical against your principles. You should be, you know, driving a car instead of flying across the country or whatever. But again, I don't care. So I'm just kind of like, how do you explain that? I just, I don't know. It's something that's always bothered me about him because he talks a good talk. Of course, you know, there's no plan, you know, oh yeah, we're going to tax Wall Street. Yeah, because they're just going to willingly give you millions of dollars. Okay, you know, just great ideas or whatever. How's it going to be paid for? I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll tax the rich even more. Okay, that's dumb, but whatever. So it's like, how do you excuse that? One thing that really upset me too about the whole Bernie Sanders situation with young people trying to support him over Hillary Clinton, they said, oh, Bernie Sanders fought for civil rights in the 1960s. He was arrested as part of protesting If I remember correctly, I read the story And he wasn't arrested for protesting It was something else he was arrested for But they were saying how Bernie Sanders, you know, has fought For civil rights and this, this and this And that picture of him going around being arrested And and all that kind of stuff And and then I have to throw back at him Okay, so Hillary Clinton Actually marched And was a part of the MLK And that movement That's what she did Not only that, but when, when she got older, part of the reason why she switched, uh, to the Democrat party was because she saw how the Republican party was starting to act. For instance, Barry Goldwater, he was the Republican nominee and he was against, um, integration. So he had kind of like these racist ideas going on. And I know the history of Democrat and Republican. Don't even try to, I understand. I study this for uh, like a living, basically. This is what I study. But anyway, so that's kind of why she switched parties for that reason. And then, you know, she went on to be a lawyer, you know, worked with minorities and children, you know, that kind of thing. So, okay, this is what Hillary did. Hillary has, you know, been a part of minority communities, you know, poor communities, that, that type of thing. So what did Bernie do? Bernie moved to Vermont, one of the whitest states in the country. So what has he done since then? How are you going to fight for civil rights when you live in one of the whitest states in the country? When you go to a state that actually has people of color to fight for them, you can't fight for people of color from a a white state. Like that makes no sense in itself. But I mean, again, you know, the the young people don't, they don't know, they don't understand. I mean, it's just all about, oh yeah, we hate Hillary because she's a crooked crooked liar and fake, all this kind of stuff. And my thing is, you know, okay, First of all, she's a politician. All politicians are liars. They don't start out that way, you know, but the money, the greed, the power, like the influence, they most, most of them become that way. So the thing with that is if Hillary Clinton is X, Y, and Z, what is she doing differently than the men? The male politicians, what is she doing differently? At least she hasn't had a a scandal, a, a personal scandal of, you know, having an affair with staffers in the White House. Or, you know, little kids, you know, molesting little kids or whatever. So like, what has she done that men haven't done? You know, and it's kind of like, if Hillary Clinton wasn't a woman, how would people feel about her? I have a friend, you know, and he hate he hates Hillary. And I said, well, why do you hate her? He gave me the same BS reasons. Oh, she's a liar. She's crooked. You know, she all these conspiracy theories, all this kind of stuff. And I said, so if Hillary Clinton was a man, would you be okay with that behavior? He's like, well, no, I wouldn't be okay with it because it's, it's not right. It's okay, bro. And I'm like, so, you know, tell me about Donald Trump. How do you feel about Donald Trump? And he's like, well, yeah, he's cool. He's because my friend's military. Oh yeah, he's for military, second amendment and this, this and this. I'm like, but he's not a liar and a cheater and crooked. Like you really, like, how do you support Trump morally? Like, look at his track record with women. Like, I don't understand how conservative Christians can embrace him like he's he's been married and divorced three times he's cheated on all of his wives and uh Tiffany Trump if I remember correctly he didn't even acknowledge her for a little bit that she was his kid if I remember correctly and I'm just like so you support that over somebody who, who's only had one husband you know not been in any kind of public scandals you know, like when it comes to morality, but oh, Hillary hates God and she, this, this, and this. And then one thing that really upset me was, like my friend included, everybody would always bring up Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton and his scandal in the White House with Monica Lewinsky. And I said, what does Bill Clinton's scandal in the White House have to do with Hillary Clinton and her politics? And he's like, well, you know, because he cheated on her and this, this, and this. What does that have to do with her politics? What does that have to do with anything? So if if this was the other way around, if it was a a woman in the White House and she cheated on her husband, would people blame the husband? No, they would take the husband's side and call the wife a hoe and all kinds of stuff. And so I asked myself, so what does it have to do with her politics in general? The fact that her husband cheated on her—most husbands cheat on their wives, maybe not in the you know the sense of being president of the United States of America, but. Nobody cared when JFK did it and he wasn't even shy about it. He was very public with it. So I'm just kind of like, how does that affect her politics? It, it doesn't. And not only that, but the people doing the investigation, like Newt Gingrich, the people that were in charge of this little task force, they were all cheating on their wives. And some of them, it was with people in the White House, also staffers. So how are you going to impeach someone, try to remove someone from office? Oh, it was because of perjury and obstruction of justice. Come on now. We know it's because he cheated on his wife. So how can you in good conscience say, I'm going to vote to remove this man from office because he cheated on his wife and lied about it. And, you know, he, the morality of the American people and all this kind of stuff and everything. But I'm also cheating on my wife on the side with a White House staffer. How much sense does that make? Which is why, which is why the Senate did not agree with it. Probably that's probably why, because they realized, you know, hey, we're doing it too. But that just always like bothered me. And then the fact that people blamed Hillary. So it's the woman's fault because she's cheating on her husband, cheating on her. And some people upset me. They were saying, oh, it's because she's not a traditional wife. She's not a traditional first lady. It's it's because she's not in the White House. As she said, she can do more than uh, cook. uh, bake cookies and make tea she can do more than that she doesn't have to do that um that she wasn't a traditional first lady she was involved and you know that's why he cheated on her what so you're gonna cheat on your wife because she's not sitting around baking cookies and having tea like really and I just I'm just kind of like okay and it made you think about Eleanor Roosevelt, how she had a very big part in FDR's administration. You know, he trusted her. She was his closest advisor. You know, Truman didn't even know what was going on. Eleanor knew everything was going on with World War II and the atomic bombs and stuff. But Truman, uh, FDR is a really good example because he was also cheating on her. He had a wife, uh, a mistress of 20 plus years. It was actually his wife's uh, secretary or somebody that he had on the side. And I remember reading that when he died, the mistress was, was with him. So they shoot her out and brought Eleanor in. I mean, so that's kind of a bad example of, you know, is it because she was involved in in his uh, presidency as well? No, but I'm just kind of like, so you're blaming her because she's not a traditional first lady. So because she's not sitting around and hosting different first ladies worldwide and, you know, showing off the paintings in the White House, the fact that she's taking an active role is the reason why her husband cheated on her because she's not a real woman. She's wearing pantsuits and she's doing stuff that women shouldn't do. She should know her place and this, this, and this. Really guys? Like really? And that's, and Hillary's just kind of, that's not my personality. Like I'm not that kind of person, you know? I mean, and I know she did do the white house duties as well. The first lady duties she did, but she didn't limit herself to that because she's like, Hey, I went to law school. I went to Yale. That's how I met my husband. And she actually held back. So, so she could wait for him to graduate so they could run off into the sunset together. So it's like, and then people really made me upset about, oh, you know, well, Hillary's using the Clinton name. She's writing on Bill's coattails. That's how she became Senator. That's how she became uh, the nominee and, and all this kind of stuff. And the, and the thing I had to talk to my friend about is look at her history. Look at what she has done in politics and in in the legal field. And I said, Part of the reason, well, she, she didn't change her name to Hillary Rodham Clinton until Bill's second run for governor of Arkansas. She wanted to be Hillary Diane Rodham because she wanted to keep herself separate, because she didn't want people to associate her success or her acts or her behavior with her husband, which is what people do. You know, that's what they do. Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton she didn't want she wanted her own separate identity from him because they were in the same kind of field so when he ran for governor of Arkansas in the 80s one of the things that people criticized was that she didn't use his name so of course you know back in the oh she back in the 80s you know oh she didn't use his name they're not really married and she doesn't value their merit and all this kind of you know foolishness so she started using the name Hillary Clinton Hillary Rodney Clinton and so of course it kind of caught on oh okay yeah now she's using his name And it kind of went from there. So but the thing is, like, she didn't do that. She did not change her name for that reason, because she wanted to have stuff based on her own merit, not that she was using the Clinton name. And I mean, that's kind of what happened anyway. You know, people thought Now, the thing is, I wonder if people would think if she was still Hillary Rodham and he was still Bill Clinton, if it was the same thing. But I know the way society is set up. I mean, it's 2020 now a little more progressive. I don't care about the whole name situation. Well, some people do, but not as much that even like back then it probably would have affected. He probably would never became governor for, for instance, with that name thing, but I don't think he would have become president uh, either because, you know, people were traditional the woman should change her name. She should, you know, be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen and that type of thing. So to have his wife with a different name, you know, it's like, oh no, that, that means they're not a family because she doesn't have his name. Never mind the fact that she's had her name since she was born, but oh no, she's supposed to give up her name and take his because they're married. Dumb. So, and that but that was one of the reasons why she didn't do it. And I mean, and she ultimately did do it because she wanted him to win. If she's finding out that one of the reasons why people didn't want to vote for him was because of her choice not to use the Clinton name, she wants her husband to win. So she's going to take on the Clinton name because she wants him to win. Did she want to do it? Of course not. Did she enjoy it? Of course not. You know, that's why she wanted to be referred to as Hillary Rodham Clinton. She kind of dropped her middle name and made that her middle name. Like, so most people refer to her as HRC, Hillary Rodham Clinton. They put that, that R in there, you know? So it's like, okay, I'm trying to have a separate identity from my husband, but obviously that's not going to work because people don't, they're not accepting of that. So, I mean, I don't know. So I totally went way off topic, dude. I did not mean to talk about Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and and all this kind of stuff. I was really just going to talk about Governor Holcomb and the Ivanka situation at the White House, but I ended up rambling and ranting, uh, which, I mean, it is what it is. I see that I have a few more listeners. It tells you uh, on Anchor how many people listen to your podcast, and I'm excited that I have more listeners. So and I don't know if people listen to the entire thing because I know I know for a fact because I do this on purpose that I put the um, sponsorships in there. So the sponsorships are the ads, the ad that I'm reading or whatever, because you get you get paid for that. So I think right now I have um, like two dollars and 50 cents from the ads and being played and stuff. So I I don't know if some people actually do could get through that and then move on to, you know, listen to the actual uh, podcast itself. But it doesn't tell me if people listen to the whole thing or not. But if you are listening to the whole thing, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And if you're not, that's okay too. I mean, people might not agree with what I have to say or they might not have the attention span to listen to me ramble on for an hour or so. And, you know, I, I just appreciate it either way. Um, but yeah, I totally went off topic. I did not mean to talk about the whole Hillary and Bernie. That was totally another podcast. Like it really could have been. It, it probably should have been another podcast. And of course, there was a lot of information that I left out because I could talk about that situation for hours and hours and hours when it comes to, you know, presidential elections and nominees and, and you know, scandals and all kinds of... I could talk about that for hours. So I didn't mean to do that. I mean, if you if you want me to continue to do that, Again, my Twitter is AK17033 and you can hit me up on there and say, hey, AK, I like that you talked about this. Can you expand on that? Or I didn't like that you talked about this. I thought you were wrong. Can you clarify this for me? And I would greatly do it. I would greatly appreciate it. Any type of, uh, you know, comments, negative, positive, you know, whatever you guys want to say. I'm, I'm not easily offended as a politician. I can't be easily offended that kind of defeats the purpose of being a politician. You gotta have a thick skin to be in this kind of, you know, in this field. So my feelings aren't gonna get hurt. You know, I would love to hear your feedback, whether you agree or disagree. And if you have any suggestions of, you know, things that you want me to talk about, hot topics, especially in today's society, I try to talk a lot about, you know, the coronavirus obviously is the hottest topic at this point you know, the election and stuff like that. But if there's something else you want me to talk about, um, let me know and I will totally, I'll be, you know, on board with it. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, sign off here. So thank you for listening and I will talk to you next time.